Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Spaghetti Fiction. I am your host, Alyssa. And I am Richard. Today we thought we were going to do something a little bit differently. We wanted to talk about like an actual good movie. Uh, <laughs> so that's going to be super fun. Yeah, we didn't want to seem too uh, ridiculously pessimistic and act like... Uh, everything is just absolute garbage. So uh, here's a good one. Yeah, there's so many like good stuff in the world. <laughs> so many good movies and stuff that we can talk about. And I wanted to talk about this one because this one was super fucking weird. I know my experience with it, I went into it not knowing anything about it. Um, I just heard that it was really good. And I remember watching Hereditary by the same director, Ari Aster, and I thought that was really cool. It was a really good horror movie, because you know how hard it is to find, like, good horror movies nowadays, but, so I went into this one cold, and I was surprised, and also kind of disturbed by some of the visuals that I had seen. Uh, yeah, how did you feel about it? So yeah, I went into it uh, completely blind as well. Uh, I hadn't ever actually seen anything by Ari Aster before. Uh, but I think I do want to go try and watch uh, Hereditary after seeing good. this. Yeah. But all, 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 I, all I knew is uh, what you said. It, it was just really vague. It was like it's some weird cult movie or something. And Yeah. <laughs> I watched it and like, yeah, I had no idea it was going to be that crazy mm-hmm. like you you get some obvious bad vibes before anything actually starts going south but yeah <laughs> like just the level of it was still very very unexpected yeah i remember you texting me like what the fuck did you just make me watch and i was like yeah yeah that's what I, I knew. <laughs> I said that the second I was done. Just the second I was done, I, the credits were still gr- going. I was like, what the fuck? What? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, so on Wikipedia, it says that Midsommar is a 2019 folk horror film. That makes sense. Written and directed by Ari Aster and starring Florence Pugh? Pugh? I'm sorry. Jack Rayner, William Jackson Harper, Wilhelm... Blomgren and Will Poulter. It follows a group of friends who travel to Sweden for a festival that occurs once every 90 years and find themselves in the clutches of a pagan cult. Where where do we begin? Um, I got some I got some more details, I guess. And it, was, it was released uh, July 3rd last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got some good ratings. It's, I think you'd call them a 7.1 IMDb and 83% on, on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's, it won 18 awards. Oh, shit, really? Huh. Yeah, 48 nominations, 18 awards. Nice. 
Looking here, it says the budget was around eight to ten million, um, but the box office they made forty two point three million. So, yeah, that they did really oh, well. <laughs> they made their money back and then some. So, what's strange is that uh, I don't remember hearing anything about this uh, movie. I, I didn't, you know, I was surprised to find out it came out last July because I don't remember ever seeing a preview for it or hearing anything about it or seeing it on the roster anywhere yeah I think it's just one of those like I don't want to it's not like an independent film because it's it's you know it's definitely not but I think it's more like you have to be in the know or something the only reason I knew about Midsommar was because I was already like I already knew who like Ari Aster was because of Hereditary but I honestly couldn't tell you, like, how I found Hereditary. I think most of the time it's, like, people just talk about it on Twitter. I don't really watch TV or anything like that, so I don't... I've never seen any previews for either of those, at least not that I can remember. Definitely not for Midsummer though. I think that one was more of, like, a tight-knit thing. Like, they didn't want to mass-advertise it because... Well, I yeah, don't, I can definitely it's, see it's why. It's kind of... I feel like, you know, watching the movie, it's kind of hard to, like, make an advertisement of it because it's like, well, what do we say, you know? Like, it would, I feel like you can't, obviously, like, during these, like, trailers and stuff, you can't really give away a lot, even though some fucking movies love to. So, like, when you would watch the trailer, it would just kind of seem maybe boring? I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad I didn't see a trailer, actually, because I think, it is a good movie to see uh, going in blinds because, you know, it did make it a lot more surprising and just mm -hmm. crazy to watch. But I think that's where, like, a huge uh, piece of value in the film is. I can definitely see why there wasn't very much advertisement because with yeah. the way Hollywood does trailers these days, you mm -hmm. just be like, oh, okay, well, yeah, that's, that's, that's the movie. You just watched it. <laughs> yeah. And, like, also, I think, I feel like maybe part of the fact is because it was distributed by A24, and uh, I think that they kind of, like, pick projects that they really, you know, want to get behind, and I, usually I don't really see a lot of advertisement for other, like, A24 distributed films either, because I know, I know Bo Burnham's movie was distributed by them, and I didn't see any advertisements for it except from like his Twitter uh, and then there were some other movies but yeah that's that's what I'm thinking because obviously it's not something you can it's not easily marketable it's not advertiser friendly or advertisement friendly I should say definitely if you're interested in folk horror <laughs> it's definitely like it's worth watching a lot of gore though so yeah for yeah. sure I was yeah. very, like, surprised when I saw some of the, the gore, more, like, intimate shots of those, of when, of, like, what happened, because I just did not expect that. Yeah, extreme close-ups of, like, really nasty, bloody stuff. Dude, yeah, it was kind of sick, but it was cool. So, yeah, I think we should start off with, like, the main character. So basically the main character is this college student named Danny. And it just kind of like, looking through my notes, it does start off with this like fairy tale kind of sounding music and like this beautiful like mural, right? And then it kind of like 
opens, like the mirror, the mural kind of like splits in half and like moves off of the screen. And then we see a wintry forest scene. And then you hear like the music and in this like woman's voice. And it's like sounds kind of calming, but also, you know, kind of juxtaposed with like the scene that we're seeing. It it also feels like sort of ominous in my opinion. Just very, very strange from the from the first second. It starts just right off the bat. Yeah. And you, you already know. It's like that it's going to be this combination of uh, strange and also good because, you know, uh, mm -hmm. pretty, pretty shots, uh, cool uh, editing of the shots, but just yes. very strange. I feel like everybody involved in this movie really, you know, really cared and put their heart into it and it definitely shows. I really do love the fact that they use the show don't tell method a lot throughout this film because I, I know plenty of times I've watched movies where they have all of this like useless boring filler dialogue that doesn't really do anything to help the plot or they over explain what's supposed to be happening in the movie and treating the audience like they're stupid. Midsummer does not do that. I feel like Ari Aster is a very like visual person, so like some of the scenes you just have to like intently watch and you will understand it if you're watching it. You don't really have to like And I, I really appreciate that a lot. I appreciate that so much in movies because that is actually just a, a huge pet peeve of mine in like any form of media makes me think of uh, video games, you know, mm -hmm. when you're when you're trying to play something and they're just constantly, like, added in little lines of dialogue, like, reminding you to do the thing mm -hmm. and, like, buttons on the screen telling you what to hit and, like, you know, breaking the fourth wall and stuff to just hold your hand. Yeah, it's... Like, you, dude, you're, you're just ruining it. Like, mm -hmm. you, you don't have to make it so easy... Like when you when you, it, when you get so worried about getting the message across in a film like that, you know, you just end up with like you said, just boring, pointless dialogue. And yeah, and that's why I think that makes this movie good because it's a strange movie. They don't hold your hands throughout the movie. They show you these images, and you sit there and you try to make sense of it. And while they do give like you know some kind of direction and kind of tell you like what's going on through dialogue, they don't do that a lot. And also, like, I want to bring up the point that they establish these characters very well within the first, like, couple minutes of being introduced to them. Like, we see the main oh, character, yeah. Danny, and she's, like, if I remember correctly, she's, like, on the phone trying to contact her uh, parents. And you could just kind of hear, like, the trouble in her voice. Then you see, like, all the messages that what we presume to be her sister is sending her. And it's kind of like showing you this woman is dealing with a lot and obviously like she can't really handle that. And then like once she calls her boyfriend, just you can tell when he doesn't, when she asks him um, if he's still going to come hang out with her tonight or that night. And you can just hear like the pause and like the way he sounds, it's like he's not really interested. I feel like they did a good job of kind of setting that up without us having to like, you know, be forced to hear all this dialogue of like, uh, well, I don't really, you know, like her or, or some dumb shit like that, you know? Yeah, all the, all the people in the group uh, definitely had their, their own personalities and got really yeah. fleshed out. Yeah, and it just, it was great. Like, they, the acting was phenomenal from everyone. I think 
everybody did like such a great job and made all of these characters very believable. I I think this was, if I'm remembering correctly, this was like Florence Pugh's like first role or like breakout role like in a big movie. I'm not really, I, I'd have to look. But yeah, I think she did an amazing job. And just oh, yes. like, yeah. And just like these scenes, like in the first, like, what would it be, like 10 minutes? Not only do you get these like main characters established and stuff, but you see this like visually haunting, kind of disturbing scene, and they don't use any dialogue. It's just like, I believe it was the scene where the firefighters are going into what I'm guessing was Danny's parents' house because um, the sister had killed herself using, I think it was carbon monoxide, and killed her parents as well. And like did the, the poison or carbon monoxide kind of went in throughout the house and they were poisoned by it. And like the scene, the way the scene kind of like is set up is like so, um, it's so good. The camera movements are very smooth the lighting was is amazing. I think that the music choice for it was very was a great choice because it kind of helped solidify like what we as the audience were seeing and just the images themselves were very like haunting and I was very immersed in it. I this was one of those few movies where I don't I can't I can't look away from it. I have to keep watching it because uh, usually like I'll be on my phone. Um, but I couldn't even be on my phone during this because there was so much to take in and it was just some great visuals for sure. Yeah, I had my undivided attention the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I, that, that scene is a, a good example of the you know, very visual storytelling uh, yes. throughout the movie because like, I don't think there's a single word spoken throughout that whole ordeal. Hell, I, I don't even know it. if the whole movie, I don't know if she even directly says like, my parents are dead. Oh, no, she doesn't. It's kind of implied that she had already, like, told people. Because what they did was they cut off the... They cut out the fat. There was no need for us to see, like, her talking to her boyfriend about how her parents are dead. Because we we already seen that. And we can tell once, like, she's on the phone and she's, like, you know, screaming, no, 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 no. It's kind of implied that, like, she told him right and so i just think like they like the visual sense and everything is just so good and i'm so glad they didn't like try and walk us through every single piece of information i think a lot of it was kind of disguised as one of the i know one of the characters wanted to go to this festival because he's doing his thesis over it so a lot of the information that we're being fed it makes sense because you know the person the guy there is asking for it i think his name was josh or john i'm not sure either the black guy he's the one who was doing the uh the thesis over it and so all of that we're being we're able to take that information in because of that person without it feeling like you know we're being told all of this stuff because we're Just too because stupid to comprehend it. i think they did a i think like that was it made more sense for me to to hear all of this stuff and i do i did write a few notes about like how you can even i know like i already said this but like in the beginning with the phone call like how he reacts and also the fact that he doesn't even say i love you back to her um, that kind of is very like a telltale thing 
um, of like the kind of relationship they're in and it kind of sets up her character to be shown to be very like you know nobody she has really no one to talk to 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 empathize with her to sit down and, and let her you know talk it out she she doesn't have anybody with her and that's like part of the reason why when she went to the the to Sweden like she felt like she was accepted because they you know were very open to her it just overall I mean it is it is pretty good you know there's a lot mm. of great things about it but I just keep thinking about how it's just the strangest movie I've ever seen I, I've never seen a movie nearly as weird that could at the same time be called good it's yeah. like one one or the other if it's really weird it's because it's trying way too hard and it's an absolute piece of shit like the loss of pastor yeah you know and you know but I feel like Normally, horror movies have little to no effect at all on me, but I was actually, like, kind of disturbed watching this and, like, getting kind of anxious getting uh, yeah. sucked into this film. Because this one and is more suspenseful, and they don't it's, use... It's also so rare yeah. to see one this, like, artsy. Mm-hmm. That's also sure. a horror film. Yeah, that, that's something you never see either. Like it is like watching a, a, a like a Wes Anderson horror movie. Mm-hmm. And I think very strange and unique. Yeah, and I think that's what I also really liked about this movie too, because we know for a fact with like horror movies and then things that are like supposed to be sad in movies, they usually have this like darker tone to them as far as like the color palette goes. Like they they have like the use of like blues and like darker uh cool colors um but this one was very you know this one was very floral because you know the all of the flowers and stuff and then like it was very bright and sunny and peaceful and happy and always green or yellow it, or yeah blue. and it was just so beautiful and i think that did a that was a very good like just juxtaposition to how like what was going on with like Danny and the other characters and just like I think that in itself was a nice breath of fresh air because people like to oversaturate you know these types of films with these blues and and uh and stuff and and orange or oranges or whatever and it's like you don't need to do that because you're it's more it's of so an aesthetic thing and lazy. yeah yeah like we get I understand like the color principles and stuff like this means this, but you can also not do that. You don't have to. And I think this movie kind of proves that you don't have to, to use that kind of like color scheme. Yeah, it was a lot it was a lot better that way than, you know, seeing the way it's done exactly the same over and over and over again. It you know, it made it more pretty and surprising. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it doesn't always have to be like too dark. Yeah, with a blue exactly. tint on it. Yeah, and it also kind of plays into the fact that this um, pagan cult, you know, is like one with nature, and they talk about, you know, how they. I'm not really sure exactly how to what what I'm saying here, but you know, they're very like intuitive with nature and stuff, and you can see that throughout, especially with like. Um, the part where the the guy is like suspended in air and he's got like the flowers in his 
eye sockets where his eyeballs had once been. Um, and just like the fact that all of these women are like, you know, in these beautiful flower crowns and the May Queen is like got this big ass thing of flowers. flowers, basically, yeah. And like how they just go and they play in, in, in the grass and all that stuff. And they're just like very like whimsical and they just, you know, Ancestral they're like fairies. Tree. Yeah. And they, they care about, yeah, the ancestral tree. They care about like these things because they feel like that is like part of them, you know, that's part of their culture. And like once I, I, what I'm guessing is like once they die, they become one with nature. So like, like the part where the dude was like pissing on the tree and they got really upset because like that was their ancestors, you know, like that was them. So definitely kind of plays into that and I think that was a great choice of like and also like the cinematography was just so smooth I think the dolly zooms were like perfect I I, I just I don't know I'm not much of a cinematographer but this was this was great cinematography in my opinion yeah most most notable uh, instance of just unique and really well executed shots that I've seen in a long time. And then I know that we kind of get a sense of everybody's relationship with Danny once she comes, goes over to, I, I have no idea whose house it was, and she goes over to one of the person's people's houses. They find out that she is also going to Sweden. So you can just tell, like, the tone of the room kind of shifts into like awkwardness because nobody really likes Danny, which I don't know. I think that's kind of shitty, except for P Pele, Pell, Pelly, Pell, the Swedish guy. He he's obviously very into her. <laughs> yeah, and that was really sad too the whole time because it's like this the whole time I did, really didn't see her do a single thing wrong. It's just this boyfriend is, is such a unfeeling prick. She mm -hmm. just needs to, like, break up with her already and get some balls if he's not interested. But instead, he's just, you know, just still tagging along. Yeah. And, you know, now, now, every, now all his friends think she's crazy. Yeah, and that's, you know, obviously not yeah. fucking true. Because I feel like he was wanting to break up with her, but then once he found out her entire fucking family died he was like oh shit i i can't do that because i don't want to be seen like an asshole but the entire time he's like kind of a dick being right even more of an asshole he lets he lets his friends kind of like peer pressure her into taking shrooms when she didn't really want to um he forgot her fucking birthday he didn't remember how long they've been dating which for that one like i'm like yeah i could do a rough estimate i wouldn't be exact but still like the way he was acting the entire time was just like really shitty towards her also another thing i would like to like talk about real quick as far as uh cinematography goes i like the fact that in some of the scenes especially like towards the beginning of the movie um you see the reflections of some of the characters in the mirrors and i would say most notably it was christian's character who was danny's boyfriend and i feel like i thought that was like a really interesting choice because it kind of made me wonder why they decided to do that like what kind of meaning behind that was there like I think from my perspective, it would kind of be like, you know, it was just like a reflection of like who he is as a person. 
uh, I could be completely off base about this one, but you kind of can see just like the way he's like reacting to her without even like having a close up on him and like how like distant he is from her and how much he doesn't really like, you know, how disinterested he is. And it just kind of shows that, you know what I mean? Yeah, just just so much like really interesting, uh, just indirect uh, storytelling or like mm-hmm. how um those tapestries, yes, uh, that kind of told the like love elixir story, and then uh, one of the like cultist does it to Danny's boyfriend, and you know no- nothing nothing is said about it and like a little is said a little after the fact but Mm -hmm. you know you just you see these paintings and then it literally happens and you just have i think it's a good example of just a unique way of how just how visual it is and i've seen i've watched like a couple of uh videos about the movie and how like if you really look closely at some of like the murals and stuff at the beginning it it really tells you exactly what's going to be happening at the end of the movie. It tells the entire story. And I just think, like, that was so, so, so interesting. And I feel like I would have to watch again just in, to focus on that and see, like, what I see, you know. Um, and I think, like, the drawings and everything, like, what that compound that they live in, all of the murals and the drawings and stuff are so, like, elaborate and beautiful. And it really kind of just tells a story of like this cult and like who they are uh in like their traditions and stuff and i think that's really interesting and also all of the like the runes that they show and like uh I, i'm gonna probably say the wrong thing but i want to say some sort of kind of like nordic like old like words and and symbols and stuff that they were that you kind of see throughout and i feel like that was super interesting it's it's obvious like they put a lot of effort into the set design and a lot of thought into it, you know. Yeah, with with how visual it was and how complex all the settings were, there must have been just so many Easter eggs I missed uh, mm-hmm. the first time around. And it almost feel... makes me want to watch it again, but I just <laughs> I don't know, dude. It's just there. There's some stuff in it that I don't want to see again. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like this is the kind of movie where you're like, yes, I really thoroughly enjoyed this movie and I would recommend it to someone. But it's definitely a movie that I would have to watch when I was like in the mood for it. It's not something I can just casually turn on uh, when, any day of the week, you know. But yeah, I think like for the set design alone, like I could, I would rewatch it. For sure, some of the gore and stuff I'm, like, not interested in. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good in a very strange way. It's kind of, it's a little hard to explain. You know, uh, normally you just, you you love a movie or you hate it. Or, um, but, I mean, it's a, it's a great film. You know, like I've said a few times now, uh, you know, great special effects, great acting, beautiful sets, great oh, camera yeah. work. But, like... And- it's just so weird, and... Um, it's hard to digest, for sure. I mean, there there were a couple of things that seemed a little too convenient for me, for the plot. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that just seems almost innate in every 
a horror film. Yeah. But, I so would like say if somebody like asked me movie. I mean yeah. Like if some if somebody asked me if they should watch it, like I would be probably giving some weird drawn out answer like I am right now instead of just like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah or no, no. Like yeah. I I probably wouldn't watch it again unless uh even if it had been a really long time, unless I was like just showing somebody who's into like more uh kind of like, just unique like films. artsy art house kind of films yeah yeah and this one definitely was a strong art house um approach and also like i do want to kind of talk a little bit about the editing i think the editing was very smooth i really do think that the use of the j and l cuts were great and i'm gonna sound very rudimentary while talking about it because you know like i i just kind of know what i know i'm not like super fucking professional when it comes to editing but there was a specific scene that and it involved both editing and camera work that i just really thought was like so fucking good and it was the scene where they were at the house before like going to sweden and uh pell had brought up her family being killed and so she was running away and crying and you get this like overhead crane shot of her walking into the the bathroom she closes the door and then you kind of it like flips around and then you see uh she's already like in the plane the plane's restroom and i thought that was so smooth and it was it looked so fucking good and that I was, also, that was awesome. Yeah, they did like they did a fucking amazing job doing that. It was it was the transition was perfect. And also, I really did like the the extra detail of like where you can see the separation of the wall, and it's like the crane is going over the ceiling, so you can see her through the bathroom as well. Um, and I think that was like really cool. Also, when they're they get off the plane and they're driving for a really long time, the camera had kind of like flipped upside down. So we were seeing this like long shot of them driving, and the road was like upside down, like the road was on the top of the uh, the screen instead of like the bottom. The... Yeah. Yeah. So some, I thought that was really awesome fucking weird. Um, but I feel like that also kind of like is kind of a, like setting us up and and sort of like a foreshadowy type of way to be like yeah something something weird's gonna happen the closer they get because of like the camera the camera work and and like the flipping of like the image um yeah something's not right so i thought that was really fucking cool i know they like this is a little bit of a tropey thing but when fleshing out the characters they always have that one asshole like fucking <sighs> idiot and i really hated will poulter's character the ginger guy god he was so fucking annoying and it, it was it was a little tropey yeah i mean uh i don't i don't think he was like it, it was on his acting side of it or anything but yeah it was it was definitely kind of I, a, a tropey installment well i've seen him in like other stuff like i've seen him in um bandersnatch that uh that black mirror thing and he's not a bad actor yeah it's definitely not him it's it's they wrote him that way and i can see why because he's more of like the all of the all of the boyfriend's friends are assholes but this one in particular is not afraid to outwardly be an asshole to everyone and that's like 
part of the thing and also the the comments he was making about how hot all of the Swedish girls were I was like okay we get it I do want to talk about some of like the thematic stuff but I just want to get like your thoughts overall like did you feel like there was any sort of like comprehensible like uh, theme that you could could grasp when watching this film honestly no (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, and I, I understand, and usually when I watch movies like this, I have to go read, like, discussions about it to further, like, understand um, what I what the fuck I had just watched, especially for this movie, because I was so fucking confused by the end of it. Um, but basically what I had gathered is that there's some big thematic elements um, throughout this film, specifically one of, you know, like, empathy. Like I had kind of mentioned earlier, Danny didn't really have anybody to be with her, to talk to her and, like, listen to her and care about her. And But you can tell, like, obviously in this... It does come up over and over again. Yeah, because in Uh, this... Him not caring about her and the other guy caring... Does care about her and the other people in the the call kind of, like mimicking her emotions and stuff i'm mm-hmm. i'm just really bad at picking up in um the whole theme oh, topic honestly so am i that's why i have to read about it but yeah like the fact that one of the foundations of this cold is like empathy and they really show that when the elders uh jump off the cliff and um the man is still alive like you see a close-up of him like he's wailing and the entire cult starts like you know crying with him because they're like empathizing with his pain and they immediately stop as soon as they take the sledgehammer or whatever the fuck that was and like bash it into his head and he's like dead right uh, <laughs> and so it and it kind of they do the same thing with Danny you know when she's crying and stuff like the women huddle around her and they cry with her and it's so um it's it's in a way, it's, like, super fucking weird, but also, and when you think of it from Danny's perspective, you know, as somebody who doesn't have anyone to lean on, it was probably, like, refreshing that people, you know, cared enough about her, uh, and I feel like that was really a major theme, overcoming, you know, the things that, in her life, and kind of letting go of her past, and also, like, empathy, being having somebody empathize with you i grew up watching horror movies so i really am into the horror genre and obviously like as i've gotten older like i've kind of been more experimental with like what i watch and i do really love like art house kind of you know media content so like when i watched this movie i was like man this is definitely something that's up my alley and it's difficult to find movies that are you know done that are like this that are done well because there's somebody usually at fault um whether it be you know the producers or the writer or the director or whoever but it seems like you know everybody that was a part of this movie wanted to see this movie be good and they in Ari Aster obviously spent time you know kind of writing this out and in kind of visualizing like what he wanted and putting it on screen and I think he did like a fantastic job Uh, I definitely would love to go back and like read the script I think there is like a database online where you can read them so I might do that internet movie script database this is IMSDB instead of IMDB Mm -hmm. the gore in here was very interesting (laughs) Um, I don't think it was too bad Uh, like it wasn't a 
what is the what are the word I'm, what, what's the word i'm looking for um, i mean it was spaced out mm-hmm. you know if it wasn't just some it wasn't some mindless clusterfuck like in a lot of horror movies you know we're not not saying it's like watching fucking, like uh, fucking tokyo hostile. gore police or something it, you know it it's it's in there for a reason and it's not constant you know the the timing's right yeah i think like it's uh i think like having it in small doses like worked perfectly i think the most haunting images for me specifically were like during the end when everybody was set on fire and the boyfriend was like put into like the dead bear that was so fucking weird what the hell yeah, I am still not really sure exactly what they do in this cult. All I know is, like, they bring these people in every year um, to add new blood to the cult. Because, you know, obviously, it, when you see, you seen the guy that, the one that had, like, the deformed face, um, he was, like, a product of inbreeding. And I think, like, they don't want to keep doing that. Um, but they do use this, like this kid or adult i'm not really sure i can't tell as like some sort of like i don't know like some sort of like higher being like he's he draws he's, all he's these... the oracle and That's... each oracle is a deliberate is like deliberately made like that because they inbreed to make the next oracle which honestly doesn't fucking make sense to me because like they just the dude was just drawing a bunch of gibberish like it didn't make any sense but and that's kind of what makes me wonder about this cult in some ways like i feel like as far as like on the outside they seem relatively normal until you're you get to the point where like oh yeah you're 72 okay time to jump off this cliff um (laughs) and just all this weird shit i think this movie is more of a slow burn but it's not a slow burn in the sense where it's like annoying and you're 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 getting bored uh, i think like the suspense like the build-up was done very well but it says the film was originally giving given an nc-17 by the mpaa according to ari aster around 30 minutes was cut from the final film mainly due to content the director's cut released shortly after its theatrical run restores this footage That's interesting. I might have to watch the director's cut. Most of the Swedish dialogue spoken by the Harga natives is deliberately not subtitled in order to create the sense of isolation from the audience and especially for the foreign visitors. Also, apparently this film was was mostly shot in Hungary instead of like Swedish. What would you rate this film? Uh, Eight out of ten bashed heads. I, yeah, I would do the same 8 out of 10 bashed heads. Yeah, I definitely recommend watching this movie. Obviously, you have to be in the right headspace for that. If you're not, uh, if you don't like gore, like, or anything like that, or you're just not really into art house movies, um, this movie is not for you. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Um, make sure you follow us on our socials at Spaghetti Fig Pod and Spaghetti Fiction Pod. We are on Twitter and Instagram. We do have a Facebook, but we don't uh, really use it. Make sure you check out Richard's and his brother Devin's podcast, The yeah, Wildlife. The, the Wildlife right? on a on a pretty much anywhere where you get your podcast, mm-hmm. except yeah. SoundCloud. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then kind of look out for our next episode where we will be talking about Super Mario Brothers, that amazing movie that came out in the 90s. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for listening. Bye. Auf Wiedersehen. Once again, I would love to thank all of the listeners of today's episode. I would also love to thank Nate, a friend of the podcast, who did the opening intro for our episode today. You could find him on SoundCloud under the name Raspberry Slush. We will also have his links in the show notes if you want to listen to more of his stuff. Thank you so much for tuning in.